0: Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. Give a big hand to our fantastic worship team and Sharon. Yes, awesome. For great worship. All right. How many of you are thankful to the Lord this morning that you are in the house of God? Somebody? Amen? Yes. All right. Now, you ready to be fed this morning? You're ready to be fed. You're ready to be fed with the Word of God. So it's going to be a great Sunday. The sermon is going to be inspiring. This is one from the reading that we've been doing from the week, right? So uh, part of it is Matthew and part of it is uh, Mark. You, today you're in Mark chapter 3, but we're going to th- I'm going to tie Matthew 28 and Mark chapter 3 together, okay? So this will be the week's reading, right? How many of you read uh, the, the scripture this, this week? All right, awesome, awesome. So we are in the series, The Gospel Plan. Uh, the Gospel Plan Series, GPS, uh, Salvation for the World. And we're going to look at the Great Commission today. Uh, from Ma- Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Mark 3, 13 to 15. That's what we're going to look at. This is, so the sermon, we're going to touch the sermon on this one. The first thing Jesus did when he started the ministry was to train, see, to train and invest in his disciples. The first thing that Jesus did when he started the ministry was to train and invest in his ministries, right? Now, sometimes the first thing that we do is to hit the ground running and get busy ourselves working instead of investing in other people's lives. We will look at that too, okay? And... uh, Making disciples is central to the Great Commission, just as Jesus is central to the gospel. See, making disciples is central to the Great Commission, just as Jesus is central to the gospel. See, the word of God says here, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. Uh, My friends, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, we do not have an authority problem. We do not have an authority crisis. But we have a discipleship crisis. Eh? We don't have an authority crisis. Christ has won. He won over Satan. He died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. He sits on the throne. The devil is his footstool. We do not have an authority crisis. But we have a discipleship crisis. We have a discipleship crisis. And this is the reason why we have this problem. Because we think that authority is on us. I have to have the authority to go and do something. In some way, we have understood the authority of Christ as our authority. When I have that power, when I have this authority, then I will go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. No, the authority belongs to Christ. The authority belongs to Christ in heaven and on earth. The authority is not ours. The word of God says, I will make you a fishers of men. It didn't say go and make yourself." No. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to make us the fishers of men. So, church, what happens? When the fish become a fisherman, then that's a miracle. When the fish become a fisherman, then that's a miracle. Why? Because the Lord says, come and follow me, I will make you fishers of men. It's not our authority. It's the authority of Christ that we need to be rooted and grounded. Then we can do the discipleship. See, can you look at this, uh, um, uh, the scripture here? You know, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The authority of Christ. The authority of Christ is driven by love and the promise of freedom and joy not brute force and harsh command to obey. See, this authority comes with the promise of joy. See, we do not have an authority crisis, my friends. We have a discipleship crisis, and we will talk about this. Why? How long has it been, how many years has it been that our church has commissioned somebody to go to mission work? When was the last time we ordained somebody in this church for ministry? Can we name the missionaries, global, local, that has gone out and come out of our church? Can we name someone that is in the active, full-time ministry that has come out of our church? Can we name a bivocational person that has come out of this church that is serving in google Apple yahoo, Kaiser uh, Good Samaritan, whatever place you can the county held just name it when was the when was the last time when was it that has come out of this right so my friends, if we are not paying attention to that, if we are not paying attention to that and we are not producing. People that are making disciples, then we need to go back to do that. Because when God revealed to your pastor the three things that we need to concentrate. Some of you that are new here, I want to tell you this. Uh, This is how the Lord communicates with me. As I was praying in May on the directions of this church, I saw in my dream a conversation with God. And He was listening to me like writing on a white chalkboard on a blackboard, right? One. Focus on prayer. Two, devoted in the word of God. Three, make disciples. Those are the three things we are doing. So, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. When was the last time we commissioned somebody? When was the last time somebody stood up from this church and said, God has been pouring fire in my heart. I want to go and work in in San Francisco, in San Jose. I want to go and work in the Midwest, I want to go and work in the South, I want to go East Asia, I want to go to Latin America, I want to go to Europe, I want to go to Africa, I want to go to the ends of the earth to make disciples of Christ. When was it? When was it, my friends? We do not have an authority crisis. We have a discipleship crisis. We have a discipleship crisis. Look at this, your pastor is on fire this morning, Right? can't blame me on this. But you got to stay with me, my friend. You got to stay with me, church. We got to go down to the business of God. Right? We are great at making events. Santa Clara produces the greatest event here in, in Silicon Valley. You know, a size of our church. We produce mega stuff. Mega stuff. Now, we also need to produce disciples. Right? The events are not an end itself. The events are not an end itself. That's the reason why. That's the reason why we are doing this community light tonight, Not just because we want to hand out candies. Just because we have surplus of candies in our church office. No. Just because we have a, what do you call, um, glow sticks. Right? No. Because we want to tell them we care for them. This church exists to show that we care for them. The end is discipleship. We want to connect with one family. And when we connect with that family, what what is it that you're going to say? What is it that you're going to say to the people that come there? This is what you're going to say if they're parents. We are building kids, one kid at a time. We're building their character in this church, one kid at a time. Okay? Even the non-Christians, every parent, you take out religion out of it, they're all interested in investing in the life of their kids. They love the kids just as we do. And when we invest in the life of the kids and build up their character, that is our common language, just as you love your kids. If you bring your kids to our church, we will also love them and build their character. That is our message. That is our message. This is the reason why we're doing not just because we have fantastic glow sticks. Okay? It's because we love them. And we, this is a family life ministry. This is a family life goal. We have a goal in creating this event. Otherwise, there are a lot of pumpkin patches, wonderful places that they can go and hang out with. Your kids might probably have fun in other places too. But what is it that is going to be different? You're going to connect heart to heart with somebody and let them know that this church is here because we love them. We love them. So we can't just... Here. Go therefore and make what? Thank you, Camille. I love you. He didn't say go and make a program. He didn't say go and make an event. Eh? He didn't say go and make a group. He said go and make disciples. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Where is our nursery for leadership? Where's the nursery for leadership? Amen right? One of them. Do we have a farm to produce leaders? Where is the process of our leadership development? The Cubs has good farm system. That's why we have these young players coming up in Cubs and just crashing home runs. I'm a Cubs fan, sorry, because I I started my life in Chicago, right? The Giants probably need a good farm system, Where is our nursery? Where is our farm that the leaders are coming, disciples are coming, that we're producing disciples? Where is our farm? Let me share you this because we're talking about the budget. You got to hang on with me here today because this is serious stuff, serious business. When I first came here to the church, I said, we're going to have an internship line item in our budget, right? Uh, It was for $5,000, it was a lot of explanation for a meager amount of money to be in the budget. Right? 5000 I have to explain to a lot of people why that internship line has to be there. But this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. And I said to Pastor Margaret, okay, this is my vision. You run the internship. There are about six, seven of them interns that has come uh, through this Internship program. Sometimes even the interns themselves probably didn't know how important this internship is. But when they apply their job, when they are going to apply their job, and they crack their head, and they want to put something real in the real world that they have done and go down, they're like, oh, I did the internship. I'm going to put the internship. It's a fact. Something real that they have done in the real world... To get a real job. They had done, they had been an intern at Santa Clara First Baptist Church at the Kids Zone at Family Life Ministry. That is discipleship, my friends. That's a nursery. We want to make disciples. And it should be in our, it should be in our DNA that your pastor do not have to explain a lot of things why we have discipleship program. Why we have internship program? Because discipleship is central to the Great Commission. Because discipleship is what we are called for. So, was there any fruit from the, uh, from the internship? Uh, Camille? Uh, Evelyn? Can you guys can, kind of run up here quickly? Yeah, Evelyn, come here. A- and uh, um, welcome, welcome, Camille and Carl. Carmen, Carmen. yes, so um, this, come here in the light, because we are going to light the night. (laughs) Uh, This fantastic, awesome young lady is going to be our worship leader. Yes, and this fantastic young lady is going to be our elementary teacher at the kids zone, right? They were in our internship program. She interned two summers. Evelyn just finished interning in October. This is how important that is. Are you getting it, church? Right? We need to enlarge our nursery. We need to enlarge our nursery for making disciples. We need to enlarge our farm for leadership. Then we can be called a church that makes disciples. We love you guys. We're so glad you're here. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I want to show you that because uh, so you know that we're making impact. Now, the other thing is, so this is what we do. When Jesus called his disciples, the 12, look here. Let's read the scripture. I'm not making this up. So uh, uh, here. Anyone needs a break? You know, right? Do you have any question? Because this is not a monologue, right? We want it to be participatory. Anybody has any questions so far? Okay, good. Here, read the scripture together. Then he appointed 12. Right? What's the next line? They might be with him. See? He didn't say, okay, 12. Hit the ground running. Go, do the work. But that's what we do at the church. When we find somebody, we hit the ground running. Get them busy. Work so hard. people that have not gone through a mentorship program. It's hard for them to mentor somebody. People don't know what mentoring is unless you have been mentored by someone. We need to have a mentoring program here. We can't let somebody just hit the ground and running, get busy themselves and don't know how to invest in other people's life. And they will become burnout. This is the reason why I say in the staff meeting, in the board, you know, not all of us should be doing four or five things just because we can do. Because when we do that, then we are preventing other people to serve. It's not because you're not capable. It's because you are blocking other people to serve. There are other people that can come in and do those things. We got to let them do. We got to give them avenue for People to serve and use their gifts. See, that they might be with Him. They might be with Him for how long? They were there for three years. Three years! They were with Him. Christ was training and investing. And the second one, that He, he might send them. is the next one. After three years, He sent them out. To do what? To preach. To preach. Unless we have people that have been with us and trained them and what the message should be, they will not know what to preach when the time comes. So when people come up to you and say, you've been pre- preaching about sin and salvation, and the cross and the love of Christ and compassion of Jesus, and that guy say, I'm ready. And you suddenly, what am I going to do? Where is Pastor? Where's worship pastor? Where's youth pastor? Where's family life pastor, disciple? I don't know what to do now. No, we got to train them that we give the full gospel to them. We get them ready for baptism. We get them ready to flow into the ministry. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do as a church. That all of us are ready. All of us are ready to preach. What? The full gospel. What is the full gospel? That everyone who believes in Jesus will be saved that everyone who follows the Lord Jesus Christ, he will give the fulfillment and the purpose of life, right? Everyone who turns to the ugliness and the brokenness of the cross and the bloody cross and turn to Christ, he will make your life something beautiful, right? Isn't that the gospel, right? Isn't that the gospel? So, so if you believe in your messiness, in your burden, and you're broken, and you come to Christ, and you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps, not perhaps, for sure, He will turn you into a new creation. Right? So you say here, my friends, you say here, oh, only if I get a better job, I will become a better person. And you say here, only if I work in a better company, I will become a better person. Only if I go to a better school, I will be a better person. Only if I were married to a different woman, I will be a better husband. Only if I were married... To a better man, I will be a better wife. No. No. Transformation is internal. It's personal. Your change and conviction and change doesn't depend on the outside. It depends on you working the Lord with Jesus Christ. That He works the salvation with fear and trembling within you. That the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can change you and transforms you. Right? And how did that come? How will that come about? How will that come about, my friends? We got to preach the full gospel. Not in parts, not live out something. That there's only one way to transformation, and that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. So when we talk about the authority of the disciple, we talk about the authority of Christ. He raised from the dead. The authority of the disciple is to go make disciples, to preach, to go into all nations, to teach, to heal. And people are afraid of talking about the healing and casting out demons. So, oh, it's only for those disciples at the 12. The Holy Spirit is not limited there 2,000 years ago, it's unlimited even here. Let me explain it to you. When somebody is sick, how do you heal them? There are different kinds of healing. I want to expand your mind. One, when somebody is sick, that person is isolated. That person needs community, right? So, when you go to visit a sick person, and it's normal, expected for a Christian and follower of Jesus Christ to visit sick people. Okay, it's not a rarity. It's a normal Christian practice. When somebody is sick, we're supposed to go and suffer with them. So when you go to visit the sick, what happens? That isolation is healed because somebody has come in and brought in community. So when he's isolated, he's lacking community, you heal two things already. You heal the isolation and the community. And then you also healed your what? Apathy. So when you go and visit somebody, you empathize with them, it also heals your apathy. There's three healing taken place there already. And then God may step in to heal them physically. See? Healing is not just somebody getting out of the bed and saying, I'm healed. No, you heal the isolation. You heal the lack of community. You heal your apathy. That's what the body of Christ does. The authority of the word. So it's not authoritarian. When Christ is saying, be authoritative in the word of God. Engage with authority. See, authority authoritative engagement to somebody. That's the authority. That authority is based on the word. So you can have an authoritative engagement to other people. This will take time. So I will not go a lot into it. But see this. Look at the monologue. In the beginning was a monologue. See? Let there be light. Day and night. Water, fish. It's a monologue. Until when man was created... And it went into dialogue. God started talking to Adam and Eve. God started talking to Abraham. God started talking to Moses. And from dialogue, it will come into conversation. Conversation leads to contemplation. And the commandment in Hebrew word, Oh, listen, listen, Israel. This is the commandment is contemplation. Oh, listen means to contemplate. The commandment is not just a brute force to obey you, but contemplate, meditate on the statutes of God. This will lead to conviction. That conviction will lead you to changes and transformation. Right? So this great commandment is not a monologue. It's a dialogue, it's a conversation that leads to conviction that will lead to changes. So if you're just pushing people down their throat, you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell, you're a bad person. You do the monologue all the time. There's no time for dialogue, conversation, conviction, and changes. The The commandment and the commission is conversational. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue within the creation. It's a dialogue between the followers of Christ that you can be a faithful rebel by dialoguing and conversing with Christ. What about this then? What about that? But you're still one within the boundary. You still have the same goal. We can't do that unless we become a follower of Christ. So this morning, this morning, some of you are sitting here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. <clears throat> this morning, see, God called many of you when you were younger. And to say, I want you to be a part of the ministry. Okay? And then life happened. So you kind of pushed those callings. One because you were afraid, you were fearful, and you also thought that, oh, to be in the ministry means to become a full time pastor or a missionary. No. You can be a missionary in your workplace. You can be a full time worker in your house. You can be working and serving the Lord by vocationally. I will help define you that. I will help you with that. But there are some that are sitting here that that God has called you a long time ago and you have not done anything. But now is the time to say, I want to serve the Lord. In whatever way, capacity that I can, with the job that I have or as a retired person, I want to serve the Lord. God is calling you. Today is the day that we make that commitment. And some of you new young people, you have wanted to go and serve the Lord. Whether it's a missionary, pastor, worship pastor, Sunday school teacher... youth group leader, life group leader, it's burning within you. You don't know what to do. This is the reason why your pastor is here. God has sent me here to help you go through that process. right? And God is calling you today and you say, I want to give that, I want to to make that commitment today. I, I want to give that time to you. If God is calling you to be a pastor, if God is calling you to be a missionary, we are here. We are here. Leslie is here. We can help you with that. We have connection for uh, Europe, for Latin America, Africa, not just Asia and South Asia. We can help you with that. Wherever the Lord is leading you, we want to send you to fulfill what God is calling you to do. And we want to do that this morning. We want to do this tomorrow. I want you to respond to God's love. today we nurture our nursery we have to be ascending church Santa Clara First Baptist we got to commission people we got to raise up young men and women to serve the Lord we do not have a harvest problem my friends we have a labor problem we do not have a harvest crisis it's plentiful But we have a labor crisis. God is calling you. God is calling you. Have faith. Don't be afraid. In His hand, He will multiply. I want you to make that commitment today. Can we stand together? And just close your eyes as we're going to sing. And Pastor Jonathan, and we're going to be here, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. But I want to just take this moment, this significant time of moment, when God is calling you to respond. Eternal consequences. So can we just close our eyes and meditate and contemplate on the commission, right? So 30 seconds, just quietly. Is there anyone here that need to respond to the call right you may not know what you have no idea what it will be and God knows but you want to respond to that call to serve him to serve him that God has called you many years ago that God has called you recently and God called you today and you want to respond to that as we in the presence of God as we bow our heads and pray if there's anyone can you raise your hand I want to pray for you You feel like, yes, I see your hand. Yes. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. Yes, I see your hand. Is there anyone that God's calling you for ministry? Yes, I see your hand. Yes. Hallelujah. There is no age barrier to serve in the kingdom of God. He can use anyone at any time. Right? So my friends. Have no fear. Is there anyone here that wants God's calling you and you want, I want to pray for you. You can raise your hand apart from the people that have raised their hand. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. We're going to praise and worship you, right? So Pastor Jonathan, can you come by the well? and some of the leaders if you want to come and stand so as we sing this song those who raise your hand if you just want to come by down here i want to pray with you if you don't want to come down and you want to keep it to yourself that's fine but connect with me all right so we're going to sing this song love is calling out to everyone in this place please come down and we'll pray with you